Hi, welcome to Rain It In. This is Matt. And I'm Rachel. And this is our first episode. So we're in New York City right now. Uh, we normally live in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, the first episode, we're going to talk a little bit about why we're doing a podcast, and we're going to talk about some of the cool stuff we did so far today in New York City. All right, thanks. Let's kick it off. So yeah, first episodes. The um, big question, I guess, is sort of like why we're doing this. Ultimately, um, you know, historically, when we've traveled, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to travel. Uh, I, I've taken a bunch of time to write up some long Facebook post at the end of the day, which is generally pretty fun. I can post pictures and do all that stuff, but a, it's on Facebook, uh, and b, it just takes me a long time to type that crap up. And Rachel is usually sitting in the room drinking wine saying, uh, are you almost done with that crap? So I thought maybe we could try a podcast and the podcast would be hopefully really lightweight. Uh, as you'll probably hear, we're gonna do uh, minimal editing. Uh, you'll hear our mistakes probably and the levels may not be very good, but that's that's gonna be what you're gonna get. So We're traveling, listen, we do not have equipment or weight. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I guess part of the thing too, right? A lot of people do these podcasts or, and, and I watch an absurd amount of YouTube travel videos uh, and, and people get great footage. They have great audio. They've got awesome things they're talking about, but these things come out like months after they've actually done it. We're trying to make this pretty lightweight, like I said, and we want to get these out. So if people are interested in listening... Well, and oftentimes that's literally their job. We have other jobs <laughs> right, that we right. like. Yeah, maybe someday, maybe someday. Uh, but but probably not anytime soon. Uh, maybe in retirement or something like that. But uh, but yeah, so like I said, I watch too many things on YouTube. So Rachel, like as far as podcasts go, I know you're doing this mostly because I asked you to. Um, so you're a captive uh, participant. But uh, like what sort of podcasts do you listen to and what do you like about those podcasts? Ooh, speaking of captives. Um, so the thing that I listen to the most often is my favorite murder. Uh, so really, my idea of an ideal podcast is just full of swearing and jokes. Uh, but I will try to limit the swearing for this. But, you know, I'll try to make Matt laugh occasionally. I also listen to Welcome to Night Vale, but I'm not going to tell you too many creepy stories about the places we go unless I find out really cool ones, in which case... Yeah, creepy kinda, stories are for you. I was kind of hoping you might be able to like find out something creepy about like places we are, and you can sneak those into some of the episodes. But well, I'm sure I can find some creepy shit about New York. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't make you like work because that's not what we're supposed to be doing, right? So, as far as the podcast that I'm listening to, that sort of inspired me. Uh, honestly, one of the big ones. Well, I'll, I'll say I mentioned I watch, I listen, listen, and I watch to way too many uh, YouTube and travel. Um, things mostly because even though I actually do really enjoy my job uh, I'm constantly fantasizing about being somewhere else and going on adventures and doing things and uh, so I live vicariously through all these people and uh, one of the big ones that is pretty big is I'm doing lots and lots of stuff about Japan right I mentioned in the notes about the episode or our podcast right is this is in preparation for our big trip to Japan that's going to be coming up next year at this point we're in uh uh, end of November 2018. Right. And right. so January, no, January, May 2019 uh, is when we'll be going to Japan. Yeah. January is when I turn 40. So, <laughs> you know, it's on my mind. Right. We're, ma- we're making it a big, uh, making it a big year. It's going to be a year of celebrations. We're going to have friends in for Rachel's 40th in January. We're going to go on a, a trip ourselves, short one in January. 
and uh, then we're gonna go to Japan. It's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah. The uh, so uh, Japan 2.0 is one I really enjoy. Uh, I reached out to those guys and uh, and they do it all just on like Bandcamp and, a, and an iPhone. So I thought this was maybe something that might work. We're actually using this thing called Anchor, uh, Anchor FM. Uh, obviously not sponsored, uh, but it looks like we can do it all at one 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 shot, just a phone and some microphones. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and then I don't know, just some other stuff. But we'll talk about all that later on. We got anything else, Rach? I'm talking a lot. Uh, no, I mean this was your your portion to explain. I'll explain things in the next section. Okay, sounds good. I have ideas. All right. Okay, so really we're here to see a show by a band we like, Peter Bjorn and John. We have always traveled to see them the first time to Chicago, the second time to Nashville. And this is the longest we've traveled, which is to New York where we had to actually fly next time, maybe Sweden. Uh, but it'll probably be like a big freaking festival. I don't know if I want to go to Sweden for a festival. Anyways. No, no festivals. We're not festival people anyway. So that show is tonight. So I'm not going to tell you about it yet, but that's the reason that we're here. Basically that and visiting our friend, John. Today, though, we devoted pretty much all of our day to um, heading in and going to New York City MoMA, where I had never been before and Matt had not been in a really long time. Mm-hmm. The funny thing was last time we were in the city, which was 16 years ago, mm-hmm. um, MoMA, I think, was closed. Or la- One of the times I was in New York City in the past, and I grew up in upstate New York, sorry, I've been to New York City a handful of times. I grew up in upstate New York, I think I said. Anyway, the uh, I've got a little bit of a cold, bear with me. The... Um, uh, one of the last times I was in New York City, the MoMA was closed and it was moved out to their Queens location while they were renovating. And I think the funny part was we were in the museum today and there was all this stuff about how they were about to close to renovate. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I got to come a little bit more often than 16 to 20 years to see uh, museums in New York City. And it definitely seemed like they were renovating something next to one of the exhibits. Uh, so what I liked about... MoMA today is that they had a really broad conceptualization of what art is in terms of their modern art. So we saw a really nice modern dance exhibit, which was interrupted by construction noise inconveniently. Uh, And we saw a really great uh, exhibit about Yugoslavian architecture. And if you go to our Instagram, you can see some posts of um, images from that uh, Yugoslav uh, exhibit, which was very cool. So that part was really great. Also, everything was giant. Like every exhibit just went on and on and on in a good way. But man, those floors are huge and they were never ending exhibits. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the Yugoslavia one, what was it called? It was like like making of the con making concrete the utopia or something like that mm-hmm. i forget what the title was but because it, it had a lot to do with from post-world war ii uh the reconstruction of what was now yugoslavia uh and it was a different story too because it was about uh, uh what tito right and like normally the story we hear about him is that he was this uh iron fist that kept all the uh, different ethnic groups together uh, and i think it was probably you know that's obviously true as well um, but the story that this exhibit told was really about how the Yugoslavia was taking a third way. I really need to look into this a little bit more, right? So they weren't weren't going for the uh, Soviet uh, communism, even though they were socialist. Um, but they also were definitely not doing the uh, Western capitalism. 
and they specifically were doing a third way. They said something to what was the term they used? It was like uh, unaligned. Yeah, unaligned. Yeah, um, and that you know the story that the exhibit told was how it was brought about by a combination of former military um, freedom fighters, maybe or something, right? But also politicians and artists and architects and all all the kind of spanning in a much more interesting way. And I thought it was fascinating. There was this one, we don't have a picture of this on the Instagram, but there was this um, uh, arena that was built that was just beautifully elegant with all this cantilevered cement and uh, like a pipe matrix roof over part of it. And it just, it, it was just out of sci-fi basically. But this was built in like 1940s or 1950s Yugoslavia. Um, from what I seem to remember, but uh, just not not what I was expecting. It was sort of like pre-brutalist because I, I what I gather right was they they became the brutalists. What was interesting too is the um, the last section of the exhibit had a lot of information on memorial architecture, and so mm. they do have a lot of World War II memorial architecture that's very interesting. Some of it, you know, in contemporary times is really falling apart, but uh, there were some really beautiful pictures that they had taken of still existing pieces but there was also a really interesting film at the very end that was about uh roma in the holocaust and there aren't a lot of memorials to roma deaths in the holocaust and because there's still a lot of um discrimination against roma peoples so that was kind of a nice ending it was one of the only videos in there where people were actually talking so it really kind of stood out in a way that I think was useful and interesting. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know us, or maybe first-time listeners, oh, especially first-time podcast, um, Rachel is a, uh, a part-time Holocaust scholar. Uh, rather, she's a, a full-time scholar, but some of that time she works on on Holocaust stuff. And so one of the interesting things that I think, is, and I have a, a, a an art background, even though I work in a so- for a software company now, but over the you know last... 15 years that we've been married and 20 years that we've been together, we've, we've traveled a lot uh, or a fair amount, right? We've been, and, uh, and oftentimes we'll end up at a Holocaust memorial or a museum or a location. Um, and, and like crazy enough, right? Like we've been to it in, in uh, Czechoslovakia. We've been to um, the Holocaust memorial in, uh, in Boston. Um, obviously the national uh, Holocaust Memorial Museum in DC and all sorts of things. So like as sort of a outside observer that doesn't have the academic uh, background on these things, I, I find it super interesting and fascinating to see how different cultures talk about the Holocaust um, mm-hmm. and how much they take responsibility versus, you know, the really traditional American, you know, we were the the saviors and the victors like we like to always think we are as opposed to uh, the, the checks that were very much like we were um, we were guilty in this as well, even though we were you know occupied and um, but you know still had had uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for some culpability in it uh, mm-hmm. so sort of like different levels of sadness versus victory I think is super interesting so this this these memorials were interesting too because Rachel was talking about from Yugoslavia. Um, things they were talking about the Roma, right, mm-hmm. related to the Holocaust, and also that that was that memorial was placed over a bunch of mass graves, and so um, it serves, you know, as a 
memorial and also like ultimately a grave marker. And there's not any way to tell how many humans are in those graves unless you dug them all up, which obviously is a choice that they've not made to do. But because the Roma were so um, like poorly kind of counted, again, there's no way to tell how many of them were killed because they often didn't show up on any official census records. Yeah, he specifically said, right, not mm-hmm. part of the census. Um, so, yeah, the, I, the Yugoslavian one was, was super interesting, super interesting. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful things. There was all these models, and that, this is what you see in one of the pictures that Rachel posted. Um, contemporary models based on the architectural drawings, and so in the exhibit they showed the architectural drawings, they showed the sketches from the architects. Um, they had uh, either contemporary or historic photos of of the sites where, where they still exist or when they don't exist, or like Rach said, with two with the uh, monuments, a bunch of them are super deteriorated yeah. and graffitied, and um, it's it's really interesting to see, and, and massive too, right? Like this is the thing I don't think we're talking about mm-hmm. in this too much is like these are giant concrete and steel structures, like in the yeah multiple stories tile. Yeah, yeah, just like in in nature mm-hmm. um, or in the landscape, you know, like on a hill, not not necessarily like in cities, not like we're used to with like something on a cement pedestal or something like that, just sort of these things protruding from the earth. So that was obviously one of our favorite things since we just talked about it quite a bit. Um, I had no idea that I would find Yugoslavian architecture quite so fascinating, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it really was very interesting. Uh the main sort of famous artistic exhibition that's there right now is Bruce Newman. And in that uh, area, I'm trying to decide what my favorite one was. It was actually also a very good exhibit. Yeah, and I'll say, like, you know, with as an art with an art background, you know, you definitely learn about Bruce Newman. If that's even how you say his name. I don't know. You read about shit. But the, uh, oh, sorry, I'm swearing. The, um, I, I was... Like this I was, is a swearing podcast. Yeah. We will swear. Right. The, uh, I mean, the, the famous things, right, like the neon around the body parts or about, you know, the and, and those sort of things. But he had these massive sculptural things. And one that I thought our friend uh, and uh, uh, musician Jason Zay would like would was this, like, old reel-to-reel tape recorder that stretched probably 10 feet to a chair that had a pencil that was taped to it and that audio tape went out to the end. I'll post this one. Actually, I've been meaning to, um, to, to the Instagram, which, by the way, we'll plug at the end, but it's also uh, rain it in, R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, but uh, I thought the Bruce Moon one, one, one was interesting. We were pretty tired by the time we got to it, and we were well past lunch. Uh, and like I said, I've got a little bit of a cold, so I was feeling pretty worn out. But the one I actually liked the best was the Charles White exhibit. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was beautiful i was not familiar with charles white um but seeing his pieces i think i've seen them before so i don't think i just had put the name to it and that was also a full retrospective um and he died in 1979 so it's been a long time since i think they had a full retrospective of his stuff and it was interesting also to see the different collections that at his work had been drawn from it was a lot of university collections and a lot of like uh places that have um like large investment in African-American culture. So his work is scattered all throughout the U.S. and they brought it all together for this. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I said this in the post in the Instagram, so I'm not trying to plug it, but the, uh, I really enjoy retrospectives for artists, especially as 
a, you know, a, a part-time or, or wannabe artist, but um, I really like seeing retrospectives because it helps you like see the trajectory of, of that artist and like where they started, you know, what, what forms they were working with, and then as their styles have changed, what they retain, what they come back to later, um, what they refine. I, I think it just tells a really interesting story, and I think his retrospective there, I think, did a pretty good job of it. I would say generally very illustrative in a lot of his stuff, his, uh, like super, super skilled. Uh, his earlier stuff was a little bit more... Um, I mean, it was American, but it felt a little like German Expressionist. Oh, really? Like, because it sort of almost reminded me of Thomas Hart Benton in some places. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he worked for the WPA, and so it felt that felt real kind of mural, murally, mm-hmm. uh, even when they were smaller pieces. And some of them had those roundy edges, like Benton does, you know, just sort of the rolling feel. But some of them mm-hmm. also had those like blocky, chunky, hard. Um, but but still in like a beautiful way, like some of the things that I think of with, with German Expressionism with, uh, you know, slight distortion, but not massive abstraction, still definitely figure, figural, um, but with more angular, some of the stuff that he had. But then later in his career, he got very representational um, and just, you know, beautiful renditions of people, but still worked in interesting graphic elements. Um, like just some random geometric lines that would work into an otherwise uh, normally re- representative uh, figural sort of work. But so it sort of, you know, it looked formal, but it also looked uh, figural, which is I thought was an interesting combination of stuff. And it just had a presence, an awesome composition too, I thought. Like some of them were very centrally and uh, symmetrically balanced. Some of them were like asymmetrically balanced, but in really interesting ways. Yeah, I, I, like his stuff really blew me away. So that gives us kind of an overview of the bulk of our day, which was the art portion of the day. Uh, and so I'd also like to talk a little bit just briefly as we wrap up about our um, Airbnb and our food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are staying in a fabulous Airbnb in Williamsburg. Uh, the people who have who are owning who own this place have owned it since 1993, so they've seen a lot of changes in the neighborhood from you know crack central to you know what it is now. Also, last night when we were walking around, apparently there were so many rats and I didn't see any of them, and I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, I visibly saw three rats running across the sidewalk in front of us, or not, not three, four. Um, I'm sure there were more, which, which is fine. We, we don't see a lot of rats in Atlanta. We definitely no. see some mice in the subway, or rather I do, in the MARTA. Um, there was the rat hill over on uh, <laughs> um, Juniper and 4th there. When it's I was looking for a piece of, of artwork, I left, and Rachel was like, step back, it's a rat hill. So, um, But, uh, I mean, they're around for sure. Uh, Anyway, I missed all of them last night, but... Yeah, and what I like about the Airbnb, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the elephant in the room too, right? Like Airbnb is potentially a, a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and, and I won't deny that we don't support it in terrible ways, right? We stayed, we've stayed in cities where like locals can no longer live. But uh, I, lately we've been looking more at staying in places, especially when we've traveled to bigger cities, um, where we just stay in someone's room. Yeah. Right, so like the hosts live here. This is their home, and it's 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 beautiful. There's artwork all over the place. Um, he's an artist and a collector, obviously. Or well, they're both collectors, but um, 
Yeah, there's just there's fun stuff all over the place here. Yes, and they made us French toast for breakfast. Oh, so, yeah, it was good. Anyway, this is a great Airbnb. We've really enjoyed being here so far. Yeah, if you're going to stay in Brooklyn, let us know. Uh, message us and we'll let you know who this who these folks are because it's definitely worth uh, staying with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, we Matt ate some uh, happy hour oysters. I ate a salad with lettuce that was way too big. And we are on our way to dinner in a few minutes. So tomorrow's podcast, we will likely tell you about the show and dinner, unless they are terrible, in which case we will never say a word about them. But I feel like that's highly unlikely. Yeah. Considering how great Peter, Bjorn, and John have been in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe, so just the Peter, Bjorn, and John folks have maybe heard of them. Or one of the nice things, we we got to the Airbnb last night, and like somehow, so our flight was delayed 45 minutes, which allowed us to change planes for free to an earlier flight that was also delayed by 45 minutes, and somehow we got to New York City a half hour before we were supposed to. It was a total win. With two delayed flights. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, and our host, when we were, you know, we arrived, you know, they gave us the tour of the place and, uh, uh, they, they knew Peter Bruner and John too, right? Now they're mm-hmm. obviously not that obscure, but, um, but yeah, we've seen them in, uh, Chicago the first time. We saw them in Nashville a couple years ago and now New York City. Um, Next time Sweden. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll have to visit, uh, Brandon's brother, uh, crash on his couch or something. So yeah, we'll see. It should be fun. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, this was our first one. It's only going to get better from here. uh, Maybe. Maybe it's only going to get worse. I don't know. Thanks, Rach, for uh, taking part. So, all right. We got an outro coming up. Thanks, guys. You can check us out at anchor.fm slash rein it in. That's spelled R-E-I-N. I-T-I-N, all one word, no spaces, and you can leave us a message there. You can also follow us at Instagram at reinitin underscore podcast or email us at reinitin at ssdpress.org, also spelled R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N at s-s-d-p-r-e-s-s dot org. Thanks again to all of our friends and family for all the support and for putting up with us. Have a great day.